Hey guys, I am so excited to start yet again another podcast episode. Um, and as I've been spending time praying over this and working through, you know, what I wanted to do for this episode and planning out the many episodes to come and things like that, uh, I realized that the original theme and idea that I had for this podcast actually wasn't necessarily where, um, I wouldn't say that my heart wasn't there. My heart is definitely, um, wanting to warn and guard and, um, help people and also make sure that God gets the entire glory. Um, but I realized that while my heart was there, the actions were different than how they should have been. Um, and so before I even get into the stuff that uh, I'm excited to talk about, I wanted to just kind of give a just an, an apology for how my last podcast was received by so many people. It was not meant to be um, harsh or critical or make you believe that I thought um, less of you or anything like that, because that's not the case. It was me um, just stating that this was a struggle that I had gone through with learning, to me, what seemed like a reality for that song for myself. And um, I know that with this day and age, that if you put things out on media, what is your business is now everybody's business and we're all in it together and things like that. And that's great. And I think that that is a lot of times healthy and a lot of times not healthy, but, um, it, it, it was definitely something that had affected multiple people in different ways and in ways that I had not planned on, uh, it happening in. And so for that, I'm just, I really am sorry. And it's not what I intended whatsoever. But, um, to, for lack of a better segue this week, what I am wanting to just talk about and mainly talk to are all my women out there, the women who we so badly want to, um, we want to know God and we want to be one of his children and we want to feel loved by him and we want to feel his presence. We want to um, just feel like we belong and like we're truly chosen because I know that women tend to struggle more with the idea of acceptance and um, the idea that we can be lovable no matter what we look like, no matter what we wear, no matter what we weigh, no matter what hair color we have, we are acceptable and lovable and it's hard for us to accept that about ourselves a lot of times. And so um, we tend to discount what God has created us for. We tend to believe that, well, God may have said that I could do this, but I think that that's more suited for somebody more like Esther, you know, or someone who's more like uh, Mary and Martha who were there with Jesus. So, you know, maybe if I was there with him in the presence of him, then things would be different, but I'm not. And so things are vastly different. But um, I'm here to tell you that that is not true. Um, So to kind of go along with the things that I have discussed in the last podcast was that um, we are given so many different outlets to 
connect with God and to um, grow closer to Him, also to grow our faith more and our knowledge more, but um, ways to worship Him, ways to study Him, ways to do so many different things for God, but um, they're becoming very distorted. They're becoming very uh, us-centered, and it is it's it's a thing that I can totally understand is happening because that's just how our world is going. Everything is very much about us. As I said before, we are we're we tend to be a self-centered society. Um I mean, if you look at the amount of selfies that are posted on a daily basis, some people it is an everyday occurrence. And while that's fine and I don't care if you do that, uh it's just kind of a sign that that that's what we have become is we are some we are just a nation that really really wants to focus in on ourselves and we want to look at things and see how do we fit in this and that has now seeped into our quiet time that has seeped into the one of the holiest things that you're going to do with your day is spend time in God's word and pressing into him and learning about who he is. And we have distorted that so, so badly. Um, and especially in the woman side, I can't speak for the men's side because to be honest, I don't read men's devotionals, but, um, as a woman who has attended many events, who has read many books, I'm an avid reader. So I'm constantly reading, um, who has used all these different kinds of studies to help impl- or to give me some a little bit more to supplement my quiet time. I've realized that so many of these books did not actually do what scripture can do. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, yeah, the Maddie. But the thing is, is that's not something that you usually just learn right away unless somebody has shown you over and over and over again that while some of these books are great and they are ones that truly do have a heart to show you that scripture is the only way that you're going to ever grow close to God and actually know who he is um and through sound preaching and things like that but a book that's all written about you and your perspective or the author's perspective is not going to do that. Um, and so I was thinking about this and, uh, there's, I don't want to say the book title necessarily. It may end up slipping out, but my intention is to not say it, but there is definitely a book that I cannot stand when people read it because it, um, I, I, I'm sure that it came from a place that truly the author has a great heart and wants people to grow closer to God and to Jesus. But um, I truly believe that the way in which she's doing it is completely against scripture and is just is very unbiblical. And so it makes it hard for me to want people to use that as their quiet time when it is going against God's word in general. Um, we need to have an understanding that God is done speaking to us. He speaks through his word. He tells us new things through his word. He opens our eyes to things that we may have never seen before in his word. And that's how he speaks to us. And 
I know in scripture it says, you know, listen to this still small voice and that's great. And I believe that too. I do believe that God directs you and that he can lead you and that if it's in his will, he will make things in your life happen that you obviously had no, no way of making happen. And that is a way that he speaks to you as well. That's a way um, that we learn more of what he has in store for us and what his desire is for each of our lives. But the emphasis on making sure, one, that we hear from him and that we make sure that we are feeling better about ourselves so that we can make it through our day is not how this is supposed to go. Um, just for, to give you a little insight, like whenever my husband and I first got married, we had really, really rough time. And it's a lot of people, you know, make jokes that it's your first year of marriage. And while yes, we had many first year of marriage fights for the most part, for the first five months, the hardest parts for us were that we had so many outside sources that were coming into our marriage and making it a struggle and making it really hard on both of us. And I was constantly being told that, um, you know, I'm not enough, that I'm a problem, that I'm what's um, breaking things, that I'm what is creating um, just this chaos and this havoc in our home. And uh, these were never stated by my husband. I want you to understand that. He never said that. But these outside sources were making me think that. And of course, it's easy to start feeling like these are truth when I'm not looking to God, but I'm looking to myself and I'm looking to things that are telling me that, you know, Jesus died for you, but listen, you are great. You are awesome. You are so enough. You are a legendary woman who is created for so much more than all of this. And you sit there and you start thinking like, yeah, yeah, you are so right. I am meant for more. I am so good for doing all sorts of different things now, you know, and we start feeling very empowered and I'm all for empowering women, but what lacks is the fact that I, while I thought was looking to God, wasn't necessarily looking to God, was mentioning his name. It is a very normal thing nowadays to at least say Jesus's name in some way, shape, or form in some segment of what we're reading, what we're talking about, what we're listening to, and then move on with the point about us. Because as long as Jesus is mentioned, it is now deemed Christian. And so it took, it took some time for me to understand that that was not helping me at all. And that I needed to hear what God was saying. And that there is no way that we were going to make it through this first year of marriage or any years after that if I was focusing on who I could be and who... Um, what I could accomplish and what I could do because if if I have all this information about myself but then nothing about Christ then none of that's actually going to ever happen all I'm going to do is just build a bigger and bigger hole and I'm going to be 
at the bottom of this hole wondering how the heck I got here. And the only person I'd be able to blame is myself because I did not guard my heart against these things that are um, put up in front of my face and are constantly paraded around as these are good, these are holy, these are great things for you to use to um, benefit your quiet time. And in reality, that's not true. Like, let me just put out there, let me put, put this whole thing out in the universe for you. I can't believe I just said that, but I did. Um, if you go into a Christian bookstore, just because something is in a Christian bookstore does not mean it belongs in a Christian bookstore. I'm just saying that you have to remember that stores, no matter how great they may be, and no matter how Christian we may believe, they are still a business. And I can get behind and I can support many, many different businesses for the fact that they actually do. Like, I love Chick-fil-A. I'm all about that food. Yes, I will eat Chick-fil-A every single day if it was in my budget um, and in my calorie count. But I love them because they do stand up for their morals. They definitely do. And honestly, I can't pinpoint something that I believe is off with them. So they are an incredible company. But whenever you have different places, um, I'm not sure what kind of stores you may have around in your area. But um, when you have different Christian bookstores or um, ones that also sell like home goods and things like that as well, they are still a business that is needing to make profit. And a lot of them have a connection with different publishing companies. And sometimes publishing companies will, they also need to make money. And just because it's under the quote unquote banner of Christ does not necessarily mean that the person running it actually is. I can't say personally what I, who is under or who is over any of these publishing companies, but I do know that if an author is published by them does not necessarily mean that I'm going to in instantly listen to them and that I'm going to instantly say that, yes, this person is worth my time and that this person is worth, honestly, using for my relationship with God. And so... What I am learning to do is to do my homework on anything and everything whenever it comes to who, okay, so I see this book and I want to read it. Well, who is this person? Let me see what their life is like. And if their life is, I'm all for crazy and chaotic. Please put it out there. That's fine. But if your life doesn't show any sort of fruit, from your walk with Christ, then I'm probably not going to read your book on how to have a fruitful life with Christ. And if you have a book that is trying to empower women and you're discussing that, you know, you're a believer and that's the extent of it. And then occasionally you'll drop in God's name throughout the book, but you never tell people that in order for you to actually ever truly succeed in life, which our purpose in our life is to one, grow closer to Christ, but also to bring other people to to him so that we can all then for glorify God. God is our main goal in this life. And so if our main focus is to try and feel empowered so that we can just get off of the couch, sometimes we need that. Yeah, definitely. But 
that should not be our every single day thing. And that's what a lot of these books, especially to women, are all about. They just want to make you feel good about who you are. But in all honesty, you need to understand exactly who you are. And we are not good. We should not feel good about ourselves. Whenever you are at your lowest point, if you are a true believer, then you understand just how desperate you are for Jesus and the fact that he died for you, even though you are who you are. That should bring you to a place where you are worshiping God because you don't deserve him and I don't deserve him. We are broken and we are naturally disgusting human beings and we we always always fall short and there is nothing that you by yourself can ever do to ever amount to good enough ever i'm sorry and that sucks but at the same time you can look to jesus and realize that while you may not be enough he is he's always going to be enough and so that's why i want I want to encourage women to just just use their Bible for a while. You can use, I use a Jen Wilkin study right now that is taking me through Judges. And she does amazing at saying, you know, we were going to read this certain amount. And it's not just a verse. Let me put that out there. If you're just reading a verse a day, that is never going to supplement you enough because you have no idea what that context of that verse is. And there are so many verses that are definitely taken out of context. And when that happens, it doesn't, it's not going to lead you closer to God. It's going to do just like I said earlier, and it's going to dig you into a hole that you had no idea how you got there and you had no idea it was being dug. So I use this one and it, she will put in there questions, but it only pertains to the Bible, what's happening there. It's trying to help you to understand how to really study the word and how to truly read and how to use your time wisely whenever you are spending time with God and how to make sure that whenever you are reading that your focus is God because you are not the focus of the Bible. God is. And so she makes sure that that is your main point, that God is 100% your focus. And through that, you're going to end up growing. You're going to end up learning about yourself and you're going to end up being empowered because you have grown closer to a holy being who is able and willing to give you the things that you need for what he has planned for you. Um, if you have not read this book, hold on a second, let me pull it out. It's called Adorned by Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth. I probably just butchered her last name, but I could not even tell you how to actually spell it. Or I could tell you how to spell it, but I can't tell you how to say it. Um, she put this part in one of her books that it really, it really hits home with what I think and what I believe and the fact that there, we don't feel like we are, as women are capable of being empowered unless somebody else tells us that we are and that our empowerment has to look like us having, you know, the spotless home with the incredible kids who never scream or yell, the husband who always acts, you know, not like a child and that we have the nicest car or that we are a businesswoman or that we have all of our finances in order or that we have a platform that we are someone who is big on Instagram, someone who's big on podcasts, someone who's an author, someone who speaks a lot, somebody who has a big role within their own church. We believe that that is what empowering is, but that that's not empowered whatsoever. I mean, I guess it kind of could be but in the end 
If that's not being used to glorify God, then there's actually no power behind it. And so it's fruitless, just as I was saying earlier. And so Nancy's explaining the fact that as women, we are called to know our God, which happens through our quiet time, which happens through actually spending time in his word. We're called to know our God and then go and share our God with other women. And it's not always going to be through these big, massive conferences or, you know, these uh, big events that we may have at our church. Or I know that there's tons of them around the nation where women will fly from all over to come together and be a body of believers, which I think is great. But whenever the main focus is still very much us, we are losing the entire purpose and we lose the momentum that could possibly be there to truly change Christianity today because Christianity today is it's struggling with the fact that it's it's becoming too worldly and a lot of us we don't realize that it took me a long time to realize that that as it says in scripture that we are not supposed to be of the world yet Christianity is becoming of the world. You can see it all over, all all kinds of preachers and all kinds of um, speakers and books and music and all this stuff is, it, it professes this. It literally will state that the Bible is not enough or that God's not enough anymore. And that's just not true. But anyways, I'm getting off topic. Um, eventually I will figure out how to stay on topic during one entire podcast and not go on rabbit trails. But for today, that's not happening. So Nancy says, and so the race goes on, each of us supporting others and encouraging them to press on one generation, passing the baton to the next, preserving and inspiring godliness and gospel witness. And in the process, the beauty of Jesus shines forth and his kingdom is advanced in our world. This is a joy you can experience. It's not about having a big platform or an official teaching role, though God may entrust one or both to you. More than that, it's about living the life he has made for you and called you to right where you are. Older women, modeling holiness, obedience and love and investing intentionally in the lives of younger women. Younger women seeking and receiving with humility and gratitude the blessings given to them from seasoned women only to pass the treasure on to others down the line. Women of all ages, growing ever more beautiful as the gospel of Christ adorns our lives, adorning that gospel by the way we live and doing it all step by step together. If that doesn't just make your little heart pitter-patter, then I don't know what will. I That is an exciting thing for me to think about us as women using the word to empower one another, using the word to help each other to grow and to um, become these women that God has asked us and is wanting us to be. But we're so consumed with ourselves. And a lot of times we don't even see it because we're being fed it all the time. And it's being it's being packaged in this way that seems so okay. And that seems so normal. And I mean, everybody's doing it in the Christian, in this Christian bubble. But we're having to see, and you have got to learn that just because it's in the Christian bubble does not mean it belongs there. And so whenever it comes to your quiet times, I want you to just, you, you, you may think I'm wrong and that's okay. If you think I'm wrong, that is completely okay. And I would love to have discussions about this. This is, I like having discussions with people. And I also would like for you to take things that I say and bring it to scripture 
And then let's discuss that too. These are exciting things. I want to be thought provoking because I want you to see that you can think for yourself. A lot of women, we just don't think that we can. We don't think we're smart enough to get in the scripture. And we don't think we're smart enough to even touch Old Testament. Because let's be honest, Old Testament can be kind of confusing. But you are. You are so capable of it. Because God is the one in control. And God is the one who opens your eyes. And God is the one who reveals himself to you through his word. And so I promise that he can do that even without the supplement of any other Bible or any other books. Well, and other type of Bible, I guess. But um, I wanted to read real quick 2 Timothy. And this is just going to kind of, it goes along with what I just read from Nancy, but it also is going to be shifting into a warning of where we currently are and what can happen to us if we allow these things to happen. If we allow these things to come into our life and to slowly seep in, this will happen and it can become very catastrophic. So in 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 4, It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So if you're if you're hearing a somebody preaching or if you're listening to another woman who is trying to show you Christ and there's not any reproving, there's not any rebuking and there's not any exhorting, then I would I would be hesitant. I really would. I'm not saying that it's 100% wrong because I don't know all the books out there and I could very well be wrong. But those are things that I want to look for. I need to realize when I'm spending time with God that I need to see, I need to have rebuke. I need to know where I'm falling short because when I'm falling short, I realize my deep, deep need for Jesus and the fact that there's nothing I can do to ever come to God except through Jesus. And it makes me thankful for him. And if I'm not being reproved and if there's not an exhorting that's going on, then you're not going to be able to grow. It might be really, really slow, but that's also something that I'm not 100% sure on that, but um, that's kind of where I... That's kind of where I'm leaning, though. And then the with complete patience and teaching for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. So if you are someone who is trying to reprove and rebuke and exhort, you have got to also have patience when you are teaching because not everybody's going to listen and not everybody's going to want to listen because they don't want sound teaching. We want to we want people to basically have faith for us and let us just ride on their skirt tails. We want them to tell us that we are good and that we're okay and that we're going to make it so that we can feel better about the situation that we're in. But sometimes we're in a bad situation and it is completely in God's will because something is coming. And it may not be the ending that you so desperately want, 
but it's an ending that no matter how it goes is what God had planned. We do deserve bad, whether you believe it or not. And so when bad things happen to us, we can't be surprised because we do deserve it. But God is always glorified. I was listening to a guy that was talking to um, a Muslim and he was trying to witness to him. And he explained to this Muslim that when you die, you are glorifying God no matter what. If you go to heaven and you are with God, you are glorifying God because of God's grace to have you there. And if you die and you go to hell, you are glorifying God because you are showing that he is just and that he's a just God. And that's what I think about whenever it comes to all of these different things too, is that there are a lot of things that we don't want to touch and we don't want to look at because the reality is, is that if it's bad or if it's heavy or if it's, if it makes me feel like a terrible person, I just don't want it because that's not of Jesus. But the thing is, is that it is because even in your dark times, you are still going to be able to glorify God. I'm going to give you two quotes, both by C.S. Lewis, whom I am just one of the biggest fans of. But whenever it comes to this, Uh, C.S. Lewis said, God allows us to experience the low points of life in order to teach us lessons that we could learn in no other way. I can state that over and over again, because as I said, for our first five months of marriage, Cody and I did not have an easy time with it. And it was great. And we're thankful that he brought us to, um, to where we are now, but it was hard and it wasn't easy and it wasn't pretty, but, um, those hard lessons brought Cody and I closer to God. And then the last thing I want to say is another one from C.S. Lewis that says, look for yourself and you will find loneliness and despair, but look for Christ and you will find him in everything else. So when you are, when you're looking for whatever you want to use to make yourself feel better, just remember that that's going to, if it is all about you and if it is a little bit about God, then it's still going to lead you to loneliness and despair. So you're never actually going to get out of this vicious cycle that us as humans tend to place ourselves in. But if you just spend time in his word, if you use studies that are truly, truly pushing you to God's word and to actually spend time in it and not just, um, you know, here's a verse or two, go about your business, you're okay, then you're going to find him. And as it says, and everything else, you're going to find joy, even in those hard times, you're going to find peace, even in those hard times. And this, this recently, my uncle had passed away. And I loved my uncle. And he was one of the coolest guys you would ever meet. But what I loved was that Cody and I got to experience something that we had, neither of us had never seen before. Um, He was a believer, my aunt was a believer, and their daughter's a believer. And seeing my aunt and my cousin go through the grief of losing him, but also praising God through that, because the thing is, is that they were looking to Christ in all of this. The pain was still there. The suffering was still there. But God was being so much more glorified than if they had walked around saying, woe is me, woe is me, and asking for people to make sure that they build them up and let them know just how great that they are and that they can get through this. Um, God was not going to be glorified if that was people's response to them. But luckily it wasn't. And I think that that was something that, that has spoken volumes to me. And I know it's spoken volumes for Cody. And 
it's something that I know is definitely changing or it's changed the way that I've viewed struggle for sure and how we're supposed to take it. But anyways, um, this was a really long, <laughs> uh, kind of drawn out one that was kind of all over the place. Um, and I'm sorry, I wasn't meaning to, I just have a lot on my mind when it comes to this sort of stuff. And I promise I did have this written down, but I also ignore my notes a lot. But um, I also wanted to leave it as, as I did last time with just this prayer that I have also, um, I, there's tons of these ones. They're, um, they're from, oh man, I can't remember. I'll have to ask my teacher. He told me it and now I forgot it. And of course I didn't write it down, but they're, in, they're these incredible and deep and rich prayers. And so I want to read this one to help you see that if we just look at God and we try and search for him, even in our quiet times, instead of trying to see what we can get in our quiet times for ourselves and where we can learn about ourselves and where we can force ourselves to fit into the Bible, then you'll see that it is your experience with God is going to be so different because it's going to be a true experience. So this one says, Oh God, we bless thee, our creator, preserver, benefactor, teacher, for opening to us the volume of nature where we may read and consider thy works. Thou hast this day spread before us the fuller pages of revelation, and in them we see what thou wouldst have us do, what thou requirest of us, what thou hast done for us, what thou hast promised to us, what thou hast given us in Jesus. We pray thee for a conscious experience of his salvation and our deliverance from sin and our bearing his image and our enjoying his presence and our being upheld by his free spirit. Let us not live uncertain of what we are, of where we are going. Bear witness with our spirit that we are thy children and enable each one to say, I know my Redeemer. Bless us with a growing sense of this salvation. If already enlightened in Christ, may we see greater things. If quickened, may we have more abundant life. If renewed, let us go on from strength to strength. Give us closer abiding in Jesus, that we may bring forth more fruit, have a deeper sense of our obligations to him, that we may surrender all, have a fuller joy, that we may serve him more completely, and may our faith work by love towards him who died, towards our fellow believers, towards our fellow men. So I hope that this all made sense and that you did learn something from it. And again, I would love to talk with you and um, give you more insights and hear your insights. Um, and I would love to know what are some of the studies that you like to use and what are some of the ones that um, you recommend to as many people as you possibly can? What are some good um, books and things like that as well? Um, I, again, I definitely recommend Jen Wilkin and Adorned is an incredible book that is talking about women. Uh, it's literally woman to woman, older and younger, side by side, life on life. This is God's good and beautiful plan. I completely agree with that. That gives a, gets a big amen from me. And so uh, that's a book that I highly recommend as well. I'm so excited that you spent even longer time with me this week. 
Um, and I'm excited to see what is in store um, for these next few ones. As I said, my mind and my heart behind all this is kind of shifted and um, God's definitely doing a work in me. But until then, I ask you to go and praise God from whom all blessings flow.